Hey everyone, on this week's episode of That's the Tea, I'm talking about Dylan Barber spilling bachelor tea, Elizabeth Chambers speaking out about her ex, Army Hammer, Morgan Wallen being super disappointing, TJ Osborne coming out, and Shailene Woodley and Aaron Rodgers dating rumors, plus some of the 2021 Golden Globe nominees. Then I'll be recapping new music, Olivia Jade's return to YouTube, Black Panther, Hunters, 911, and The Bachelor. Keep on listening for all the tea. What is up, guys? Welcome back to That's the Tea. I'm so excited because there wasn't really anything to talk about up until like literally yesterday when some more stories came out, which is good because not a lot went on this week. There's not too many exciting stories, but still happy to be here and talking about it all, spilling all the tea that you, of course, need to hear from me. As always, I hope everyone had a fabulous week and weekend. This weekend, I went to UVA to visit my sister Tara for literally 26 hours. (laughs) Um, We had planned for me to go there two weekends ago, didn't really work out. So we were just like, okay, the following weekend, which was this past weekend, I'll come. And we knew that it was going to snow on Sunday, but like didn't really think anything of it. She had to leave for a meet on Sunday. So I knew I had to be out of there and would be back before the snow came. Wasn't really worried about it. Then I get down there and, you know, my parents are like, oh, just look out for the weather, blah, blah, blah. So Saturday morning, she's at practice. I wake up first thing, check the weather for tomorrow. And I see that it's going to start snowing Saturday night. And I'm like, oh, crap, like this is not good. And I text my parents and they're like, you know, it's going to start snowing there down in Charlottesville, Virginia by like 11 o'clock on Saturday night. Like you should probably come home tonight. So I did end up going home Saturday night. I was literally there from 7 o'clock Friday night to about like 8 or 9 o'clock on Saturday night. It was still fun. I'm so glad that I got to go. I finally got to try this fast food restaurant that Tyra and I have been dying. Well, she's had it by now, but we have both been dying to try it since literally 2018, I want to say, or 19 when whenever the sister squad was big because they went to Raising Cane's and we have always just wanted to try it since then and Tyra's been going recently because there's one near her school and I finally got to try it I love Raising Cane's now it's so good Tyra and I both are like addicted to the sauce it's so good um so I'm happy that I got to try that we didn't do much honestly we basically just went out to eat and went shopping because she needed a coat and that was pretty much all I got to do there I drove home got home at like 1 30 a.m but it was fine because I am such a night owl I don't know if I've ever mentioned this but I am up late all the time I can't help that I'm not a morning person even though I have really really been trying to be I'm just not and you know what that's fine it's fine but yeah I was like not even falling asleep or tired in the slightest when I was driving home I was putting on some great songs towards the end I started putting on more like rock songs I don't know if that's just me that does this but whenever I'm feeling like tired and I'm driving I put on like hardcore rock songs that I like and I can like scream along to in the car I think that's a pretty good life hack honestly but yeah then Sunday it started snowing here we had a pretty like serious snowstorm I feel like we definitely got over a foot of snow here in where I live in New Jersey not sure if that's accurate, because I haven't measured, I haven't left the house in days, and honestly, I have no idea. 
But one thing I did do over the weekend was I finally, finally finished reading Pride and Prejudice. And I am so proud of myself. The beginning was pretty slow and it was a little difficult to read just because of all the like old written language. It was a little confusing, but it was so good. The end really picked up and I'm so excited to watch the movie now. I have to watch it with Kiara Knightley. That is on my to-do list for the next like week or so. I finished it when I was at Virginia and then when I drove home, I listened to a podcast where they were talking about this and it was two hilarious girls. The podcast was called Lit Society. I highly recommend if you read books and want to talk about them with someone afterwards, but you don't know anyone that has read it recently, I would recommend Lit Society. It was a really good, funny podcast and like a funny breakdown of the book. But that's about it. Obviously, since the snowstorm, I haven't done literally anything. As always, life is pretty boring, you know? So with that being said, continuing on the boring train, not a lot of super exciting stories this week, but let's just dive right in and start discussing all of them. All right, so the first thing that I wanted to discuss was Dylan Barber took to Twitter to spill some serious bachelor tea. So Saturday night, Dylan Barber from Hannah Brown's season of The Bachelorette and also Bachelor in Paradise tweeted, cancel ABC and The Bachelor, kind of want to air out their dirty laundry. Mom got me riled up. To which Chris Randone, aka Goose from Becca season, replied to it and said, if they only knew. Interesting. I honestly loved the confirmation of everything that he said, but I wasn't really surprised by much. I highly recommend browsing through his Twitter to look at everything he said, or honestly, just go to my Instagram at that's the T underscore podcast. I put together some of the best takeaways from his Twitter rant. Also, speaking of that post, because I love talking about the data, like all the polls and stuff that I do, I have never, ever gotten so many shares on a post like that. It was crazy. Like, I feel like everyone was dying at the T and sending it to their friends, discussing it, because it was literally insane the amount of shares that that one post had about all of the Dylan Barber's tweets. But here are some of the best things that he revealed. So at the first rose ceremony, the lead comes out, says about three names, and then goes back for the other names. You know, producers tell them, oh, X, Y, Z. Interesting. There's also a two an hour on the hour drink limit. The producers have the villain of the season receive a rose even if they didn't want to be given one which we all kind of knew that but love the confirmation again someone asked when a contestant goes to visit a lead in their room outside of normal date hours was it actually their idea or do producers tell them to and he said love this never works out producer idea producers have nearly all control over who stays and who goes producers told him to say things all the time that he refused because they get paid off of people doing dumb shit that warrants screen time The last bombshell someone asked was, who from your season do you feel like got the most screwed over by production? And he said, Jed. And then someone asked, are you saying he didn't cheat on Hannah? And he said, yes. If you're unfamiliar, Jed is Jed Wyatt. He was the winner of this season. And then shit came out and people were saying that he went on the show with a girlfriend and that he cheated on Hannah. Honestly, I don't really know. I wasn't really following along at this time. But a girl posted all this tea on TikTok and Jed commented on that video and said, finally, yes, it's true. Like, what? 
just so interesting like Jed is coming out of the woodworks their contracts from this season must have literally just ended this weekend because first this he went on a rampage and then Jed made a statement and is now coming out with a podcast super interesting if you ask me I don't know if I fully believe Dylan and Jed because I don't know I don't know Jed then said, thank you so much for the love and support. It was really cool that this got brought to the light by Dylan. I was highly manipulated and from it deeply mentally affected from the show. And two, no, I never cheated ever on Haley or Hannah. I don't know what to believe. I'm, I want to believe them because I feel like I believe a lot of what Dylan said about all the tea that goes on behind the scenes about The Bachelor or I guess Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, but you know, same shit. But I don't know if I believe that producers told Jed and told the world that he cheated like I feel like if that was you you would have some say like no I no way I I don't know like he just went along with this narrative for so long now that your NDA is up you're gonna talk about it I don't I don't know what to believe but again I wasn't super surprised by anything that he spilled but I did love the confirmation like yeah we know the producers have all the say of who stays and who goes but I just like hearing it you know And to close this story out, Dylan Barber recently revealed why he spoke out against Bachelor producers and admits that his delivery was wrong. I think that this is an article from People magazine, but it's a screenshot, so I cannot be positive. But he said that he felt it was necessary to draw attention to the negative effects that can also come with being a part of Bachelor Nation, pointing out that he is one of the lucky ones to have a great experience from this transition, aka, you know, he's engaged to... Hannah G, who is just stunning, gorgeous, and awesome. He continued, with that said, I believe the way the message was delivered was wrong. I'm appreciative of the franchise and the platform given to me, and that was not reflected. What do you guys think? Did ABC make him say something like this? Was he bullied into an apology? Because when shit was going down, it felt real. He meant every word he said and wasn't very apologetic of how it was coming across. I don't know. What do you guys think of his apology? All right. The next story is just a small update to this ongoing Army Hammer drama. This week, Elizabeth Chambers, Army Hammer's ex-wife, finally made a statement about what has been going on. Everyone has kind of been like waiting for her to say something. We're all wondering what does and doesn't she know. I don't think we'll ever know. But anyway, she took to Instagram and said, For weeks, I've been trying to process everything that has transpired. I am shocked, heartbroken, and devastated. Heartbreak aside, I am listening and will continue to listen and educate myself on these delicate matters. I didn't realize how much I didn't know. I support any victim of assault or abuse and urge anyone who has experienced this pain to seek the help she or he needs to heal. At this time, I will not be commenting further on this matter. My sole focus and attention will continue to be on our children, on my work, and on healing during this incredibly difficult time. Thank you all for the love and support, and thank you in advance for your continued kindness, respect, and consideration for our children and me as we find ways to move forward. Heart E.C. This was just like a lot of words, but nothing was actually said. Is it just me? I mean, I don't think that she wanted to say anything super bad about her baby daddy and her ex-husband of like 10 years, but... She also didn't want to take his side, clearly, because they're obviously not together anymore, and what he did is super, super fucked up. I think that she's in, like, this really hard place where she believes all the victims, and 
the people that are coming forward and she supports them, but also doesn't want to just completely bash him as they have a kids together, you know? I personally don't think that we're ever going to fully know what she knows or believes. Depends on how far this thing gets taken. I, I don't know. I hardly consider this a statement, but I thought that it was just definitely an interesting update to this ongoing story because everyone has been waiting for her to say something and she finally did. I also really wanted to listen to Sophia with an F podcast with Paige Lorenz. Paige Lorenz has been one of the people who has been outspoken about being a victim slash past relationship of Army Hammers and she's on Sophia with an F podcast last week I believe and I haven't gotten the chance to listen to it but I really really want to I've heard people say that it's a good update and like light into the story and what's been going on I want to listen to it but haven't gotten the chance if you guys have let me know how it was speaking of other extremely disappointing men (laughs) that's awful but you know these are the times you know I'm super disappointed by this story If you know, you know Morgan Wallen is in some super hot water. So Sunday night, Morgan Wallen was coming back to his house from a bar in Nashville with his friends and they were all being like super rowdy when they got home. They were just being so loud, honking their horns, yelling, etc. That some of his neighbors started to get really mad and one of them started to record what was going on from their ring doorbell. So in this video, it's posted all over, but I think TMZ is the one that leaked it. Morgan is like stumbling up his driveway and he's with his drunk blackout friends and he tells one of his friends to watch over for another like drunk guy in the group. So first he says, I'm sorry, excuse my language, but I'm just going to tell you kind of what he says. He says to his friend, hey, take care of this pussy ass motherfucker and then says, take care of this pussy ass N word. It's just like so disappointing. So he responded to TMZ saying, I'm embarrassed and sorry. I used an unacceptable and inappropriate racial slur that I wish I could take back. There are no excuses to use this type of language ever. I want to sincerely apologize for using the word. I promise to do better. I honestly think that he's only sorry he got caught. He gave more of an apology for kissing everyone at bars in Alabama and not being able to do SNL. Like we got a minute or two minute video on Instagram and this is just a few sentences to TMZ I don't know this is honestly just such an upsetting story because one like duh and two because of the way that he said it like it's a combination of that he said it period and the way that he said it just sounded so natural like it sounds like this word is just a part of his everyday vocabulary which is just super sad like he currently has the biggest album in country album in years I've spoken about about it on the podcast multiple times I like his music a lot it's been the number one album on the billboard charts for like three weeks now it's the biggest country album since Taylor Swift's last country album which says a lot that's been a while which is just wild to me it's selling record numbers the country music scene is really speaking out about this which is great Country radio stations have been pulling his music. He was dropped from his record label. They released a statement saying, in the wake of recent events, Big Loud Records has made the decision to suspend Morgan Wallen's recording contract indefinitely. 
Republic Records fully supports Big Loud's decision and agrees such behavior will not be tolerated. Kelsey Ballerini tweeted, The news out of Nashville tonight does not represent country music. To which Marin Morris, Queens, like love both of these ladies, responded, It actually is representation of our town because this isn't his first scuffle and he just demolished a huge streaming record last month regardless. We all know it wasn't his first time using that word. We keep them rich and protected at all costs with no recourse which I thought was very interesting and a great point. This whole story is just so disappointing for obvious reasons. I've spoken about his album multiple times and how good it was. Like, I like his music, but this is just not okay. I don't I don't understand how this is just such a comfortable part of his vernacular, it, it seems like. Like, I bet it is, especially in 2021. Like, and all that's happened so recently, I just don't understand it. It's super disappointing and it is not his first time in hot water and it's not his first time getting called out recently either. I think he has a lot of self-reflection to do in many different ways. Maybe this will be a wake-up call. Maybe it won't and maybe this is who he is. I don't know. But, you know, this is like one of the biggest stories that's happening right now and just super disappointing. But... You know, country music is the best. So in other happier, prouder country music news, TJ Osborne, the lead singer of the band Brothers Osborne, comes out as gay this week. He says he's known since he was young and he's been out to family and friends in his tight-knit like Nashville community for years. But this is a big deal because this makes him the only openly gay artist signed to a major country label, which is, first of all, crazy to me in the first place. Like he's the only one like there's no way but I freaking love Brothers Osborne they have so many bangers of songs like oh my god 21 summer I listened to that song because my birthday is in the summer I listened to 21 summer the whole summer that I was turning 21 just like oh my god I love them, love that they're brothers also, and I love that he was finally able to openly and comfortably be who he is. Go read the article that Time Magazine put out with him talking about this whole thing. It was amazing. This is like crazy, awesome news, and go stream Brothers Osborne instead of Morgan Wallen this week, okay? Next up, the Golden Globe nominations came out yesterday. Sarah Jessica Parker and Taraji P. Henson announced all the nominees virtually, but I'm only going to read some of the big, important, and interesting ones because there's far too many and they're far too boring, you know? So, Best Motion Picture Drama The Father, Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Literally only ever heard of two of these, but it's interesting to note that I saw on the Golden Globes website that Mank is like the most nominated movie this year, which is very interesting. I've never even heard of it. Moving on. Best motion picture, musical or comedy, Borat subsequent movie film, Hamilton, music, Palm Springs, and The Prom. Best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical or comedy, Maria Bakalova for Borat 2, Kate Hudson for Music, Michelle Pfeiffer for French Exit, Rosamund Pike, I Care A Lot, and Anya Taylor-Joy, Emma. Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, Sasha Baron Cohen, Borat 2, James Corden, The Prom, Lin-Manuel Miranda for Hamilton, 
Dev Patel, The Personal History of David Copperfield, and Andy Samberg for Palm Springs. I've been meaning to watch that. I really have to watch that. Let me know if anyone has seen it and it's good because that also has a decent amount of nominees this year. Best TV series, Drama, The Crown, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, Ozark, and Ratched. Best TV series, musical or comedy, Emily in Paris, The Flight Attendant, The Great, Schitt's Creek, and Ted Lasso. I am so surprised that Emily in Paris got two Golden Globe nominations. Like, it was just a cute little Netflix show. I I don't understand how it's Golden Globe nominated. It wasn't that great. It was just, like, a nice binge watch. Schitt's Creek, so deserving. Um, I've never heard of The Great, and I haven't seen The Flight Attendant. I don't have HBO Max. And you guys all know, I've said it many times, I loved Ted Lasso. I think it's a show that anyone can watch. It's so good. My mom actually just started watching it, and she's already halfway through. Like, anyone would love that show. And I love Jason Sudeikis. So, my money is on Schitt's Creek or Ted Lasso, but I know a lot of people love The Flight Attendant as well. And this year's Golden Globes are coming up so soon. They're going to be February 28th. And Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are hosting for the fourth time, which is exciting. I love them. Last week, I talked about the possibility of Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker dating rumors, which seem to be more and more true as we progress. But this week, we have new romance rumors of Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley. (laughs) Ah, A source says that they've been keeping it private and low-key. I originally heard this rumor like over the summer and I'm so surprised that like I'm still hearing about these two dating six months later or whatever. I just don't understand. These two make absolutely zero sense to me. She's like a huge environmental activist, advocate, kind of like free spirit granola. I don't know. You guys know what I mean though. Like I'm not really sure how to explain it. And I just, I really don't think he's like that at all. I don't know why I just cannot see them together they don't really make any sense to me very confused about these two but also very curious to hear more about this relationship anybody out there in Green Bay keep a lookout for these two okay but speaking of Aaron Rodgers I mentioned that he was going to be a guest host for Jeopardy and the only people that were announced at the time were him and Katie Couric but we found out a few more guests, which I love Jeopardy, and I think that this is a fun, interesting story. So a few more, Dr. Oz, Savannah Guthrie of The Today Show, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, Mayim Bialik from The Big Bang Theory, Anderson Cooper, and 60 Minutes Bill Whitaker. I also heard that Al Roker might be one, but not confirmed. But thought that was an interesting update to the ongoing Jeopardy guest host saga. Okay, those are all the stories for this week. Now into all the fun music, movies, and TV. I did not get to watch as much as I would like to this week, but that's okay. First off, we have Song of the Week. It's funny because I post on my Instagram stories the Song of the Week every Monday from the episode that just came out. And last week's Song of the Week was Golden by Harry Styles. And then this Monday, February 1st, was Harry Styles' birthday when I posted that it was Song of the Week. So just funny coincidence that I I enjoyed. But anyway, this week's Song of the Week is All the Stars by Kendrick Lamar and SZA. <laughs>
love this song. It is the song during the end credits of Black Panther. And it put me in such a good mood after watching the movie. I was watching it with my dad because he hadn't seen the whole thing. And, you know, at the end of every Marvel movie, they have like, they have a little scene at the end during the end credits. And it's usually like something funny or about the next movie. And I did not want to skip playing this song to get to that scene because I was just singing along. It is so good. I love this song. I know my sister and a bunch of other people also love this song. It's just so good. It's such a catchy, feel-good song. And I completely, completely forgot that this song was written for and came out for Black Panther. Like, the the album cover is literally T'Challa's, like, suit. So, All the Stars by Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Go listen to it. It is just such a good song. And I don't care that it's a few years old. Speaking of good music... I have to talk about New Music Friday because it is one of my favorite days of the week when all the new amazing songs are put together on Spotify that just dropped. I wrote this down before all the news came out, but it's kind of the only song that came out this week that I enjoyed was Band-Aid on a Bullet Hole by Morgan Wallen. I know, but it was like the only song and you don't have to go listen to it because, you know, he's does not deserve all the streams right now. He has plenty, okay? But anyway, I did enjoy that song before everything came out. And then on Monday, which is interesting because music never comes out on Monday, Luke Combs and Billy Strings came out with a song called The Great Divide. It's a really good song. You know, you guys know, I literally love Luke Combs. I think that everything he does is amazing, but This song is kind of about all the, like, divisiveness in this country. It's not a political song, though. It's just about all the, you know, the divide in the country. And it's a great song. It's a little more, like, folky. I don't know if that's the right term than, like, Luke Combs' other songs. But it's so good. I don't know who Billy Strings is, but loved it. Go listen to this song. Highly recommend. In other music news, this is not actually out yet. But Ariana Grande tees a deluxe album of Positions that is coming this month, I believe, with four new songs, one of which looks like a collab. I'm very excited for this. Cannot wait for this new music. All right, as for movies, I only watched one this week. Kind of just didn't really have the time for it, honestly. I don't know why. I was just super tired. So as I mentioned, I crossed another Marvel movie off the list this week with Black Panther. I've actually already seen this one and it was funny because I was watching I was like wow this was almost exactly three years ago which I distinctly remember because I saw it opening weekend in February like 2018 yeah and I saw it in this really awesome but super super random movie theater in New Hampshire just just don't ask I told you it was random whatever but I just have such a like distinct memory of watching this movie because again funny random experience but anyway it is such a good movie I completely forgot like the whole premise of the movie but there are so so many great actors in this movie I like completely forgot they were all amazing Michael B. Jordan I mean hello sexy Sterling K. Brown wish he was in it more because I just love him Angela Bassett Lupita Nyong'o uh Forrest Whitaker and obviously Chadwick Chadwick Boseman It was so eerie watching him and like watching it back knowing that he died. It was 
it was upsetting me in a little way because he was so awesome and his role was just iconic. You know, he was the king. I was so sad, but I'm pretty sure that Black Panther 2 is coming out next year, 2022. And I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Marvel said that this movie is going to be about T'Challa's sisters who are both such freaking badasses. I was like, wow, I could so watch a movie about these two for, you know, two hours or whatever. They're awesome. But it was just such a good movie. I'm so glad that I rewatched it and got to watch another MCU movie this week. The other thing that I watched this week, not not to be compared with Black Panther or anything, but was Olivia Jade's return to YouTube with two new videos. I have been subscribed to her for years. I used to watch her before the scandal went down. I loved her videos. I was honestly like a big fan of her YouTube channel. And she recently came back this week or maybe last week with two new videos. One was like a daily vlog day in my life. And the other one was an everyday makeup routine. I could watch her put on makeup and like get ready forever. I don't know why I loved it. Always have. And I genuinely enjoyed watching her on YouTube again. She's just such a natural in front of the camera. And I appreciate the little glimpses into her life. But that was a that was about it. I thought that that was interesting news, though, because everything that's been going on with her recently. So I finished watching two shows last week, which left my plate open this week. And I started watching the show Hunters on Amazon this week because my friend Joe told me that I should watch it. And I remember my parents watching this during quarantine. Like this was a big show people were watching at that time. I'm only two episodes in so far though. So I don't have much to say about it yet because I'm still kind of figuring everything out. But it's about Nazi hunters in the late 1970s with Al Pacino and Logan Lerman and... Why can't I remember his name? Ted Mosby from How I Met Your Mother. He's hilarious in it, actually. But it's really good so far. The episodes are about an hour long. And for some reason, I was just exhausted this week. So I did not really, like, stay up watching it. But I'll definitely finish it by next week. And we'll share all my thoughts on the show. But I have to say that I'm a little mad. Because I know the twist at the end. And I won't say it. But I love surprises of of all kinds. So... Knowing that this twist happens just sucks and I'm kind of watching it with a different lens, which I hate, but it's still a good show regardless. I just hate that I know this, you know? As for my weekly shows that I watched, Monday night we had both 911 and The Bachelor. So starting off with 911, I loved this week's episode. I thought that it was really good. There was a definite theme of like smart homes slash smart devices. I don't I don't really know why. Because, like, sometimes they helped the person. Like, the girl had it call 911 for her. But then also, there was the crazy girl that used it to straight up burn her ex-boyfriend in the shower. So, were they showing us the pros or the cons or both? I'm not really sure. I also just cannot and will not talk about the girl with worms in her eyes from goat yoga. Like, nope, 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 nope. Will not discuss that. Absolutely not. I also kind of loved the bank robber who used Uber and then they, like, pulled up on him like they were an uber driver that was so awesome so 2021 which was funny also i feel like we've never really ever seen chim shirtless and he was looking like a major hottie on this episode i turned to my mom and i was like oh my god chim looks so hot like he has some tats and he looked so good i was just shook 
what else? Hen starts med school, has this bitchy girl in her group who's actually Vanessa Murano. I don't know why I know her name, but she's from literally everything. I feel like we've actually seen this girl grow up. She was in Gilmore Girls, Dexter, Switched at Birth. Like, she's in a bunch. She was just a total bitch and, like, I could not deal with her character. But I'm dying to know what the F is up with Maddie and Buck's parents and why were they bad parents? And what did Maddie mean by, like, she said something on her phone, on the phone to her mom, like, someone's been lied to their whole life. Obviously about Buck. Like, who lied to him? His family? Her? The mom? Very confused by this. Also, always forget that his name is Evan and Buck Buckley is his last name. Also, any appearance that we get from Christopher is my favorite. I absolutely love him. He honestly looks like he could be Buck's son and not Eddie's, but he's growing up so fast. I love him. Next week's episode is a crossover with 911 Lone Star, and they're going to Texas to put out these huge fires, which should be interesting, but I do not watch Lone Star, so hopefully it's not like completely about Rob Lowe, but I will be very appreciative of Rob Lowe on my screen because he is a DILF. Tuesday night, we were supposed to have This Is Us because that's what they originally said, two-week break, but it freaking got pushed another week, and I am super mad about it. Like, why is it getting pushed? You came on for two freaking weeks, and now we have three-week delay? Like, why didn't you just delay it in the first place so you didn't leave us on a huge cliffhanger? We saw Kevin get into an accident and that's it. We don't know what's happening. And his kids are, his freaking girlfriend is in labor. Totally forgot about that. Wow. But the only plus to this is that I did get to watch Black Panther because it wasn't on. So that's like the only positive of that situation. Last but not least, The Bachelor. Let's discuss. This was an interesting episode. The beginning was straight out of Handmaid's Tale as my mom like put it perfectly. It was Kit and Victoria walking past two of the new girls just being straight up bullies. Who's surprised? Not me. And then Matt comes in strong, addresses the ladies, the cattiness, and pulls Brittany aside, you know, who was being an escort by Anna. Speaking of Anna, I loved her look that night. Like, that retro feet dress and her hair was stunning. Like, she looked amazing. I feel like a lot of times the best someone's ever looked is when they get sent home. I don't know. It's been happening a lot recently. He then talks to Anna and she apologizes and he says that like he knows that's not who she is. And I have to say that, you know, what she did was super wrong and you could tell that the drama and the pettiness of everything just really got to her. It was super wrong high school catty behavior and you could tell when she was apologizing and speaking to Matt like you could tell that she was genuinely apologetic and it seemed like it actually was really out of character for her I both did and didn't feel bad for her because you could tell that the pressure just got to her but that's not who she is so I don't know kind of torn but he sent her home I really didn't see Anna going home before Victoria that was shocking what else Then Chelsea asked the girls if, like, they're uncomfortable in the house, if it's toxic, blah, blah, blah. And then our queen teacher, Michelle, from Minnesota last week speaks up and says, like, yeah, we all do, you know, whatever. And most of the quote unquote, I don't know what else to call them, OG girls apologize. And then Serena C is in her confessional and says it was so ass kissy. Like, what? Because these girls are apologizing and being good people now makes them kiss asses like I don't get it also this 
kind of goldish brown dress was by far the best Victoria has ever looked so far. Spoiler alert, my previous statement was definitely right. She called Ryan a hoe and then says that was taken completely out of context, to which Matt said, I'm curious what context calling someone a hoe would be taken in. King. King. Thank you. Perfect. He said it perfectly. Like, he just doesn't have time. Like, that makes no sense, Victoria. And then Matt slips up and tells Victoria that Katie was the one who told him this. And you could tell Victoria had a little, like, twinge in her eye. And she was like, oh... Then, you know, their conversation ends. Victoria literally dead ass does not think that she's the shit starter in the house. She she said, there's literally no one in this house he can marry besides me. She just cannot be serious. She's having a full meltdown. I, I just can't. Like, she cannot be serious. But I know that she is, which is the scariest part. After that, Matt goes straight to the cocktail ceremony, calls Brittany and Ryan first, which are two of the new girls, which was so intentional like you could tell he was making a point that he likes these new girls and he fully is on their side which I agree with thank you Matt um let's see Mari Victoria and I don't even know who else went home those are like the only two I remember but can we just talk about Mari's downfall episode one she gets out of the limo and he literally looks back at her can't stop staring at her and like they had this great connection right off the bat and then she just had a fall from grace she was never to be seen again never that was it I thought that was super interesting because episode one I would have bet that she went far so her and Victoria went home my jaw was actually like not exaggerating on the floor I would my, my jaw was wide open when Victoria is standing there in the back arms crossed and then she walks right up to him you know all the other girls k- give him a hug and they say like thank you and good luck and you know the normal stuff she walks right up to him and says that she feels sorry for him that he listened to hearsay and not the facts and she would not give him a hug or anything and he just stood there like silent staring back at her it was so funny but I have a feeling we haven't seen the last of her, but I really hope that we have because she is quite delusional and just too much. I'm over it. Then Rachel gets the one-on-one. This is the date every single season that I am so jealous of. Like every single season, someone always gets this humongous shopping spree and they get all these clothes. Last season or last Bachelor season, we had Hannah Ann got it and she literally was like a Revolve girl whatever but I love this date you could tell she was very appreciative of it and then when she went home I thought that it was weird like why didn't she just stay out I don't know and you could tell when she had the Louboutins on Kit was so not impressed like bitch I've owned these since I could walk in heels Matt gives her this blue dress which was stunning it fit her like a glove it was so elegant and beautiful she looked amazing in it She tells him on their date that she's like falling in love with him. He feels the same way and tells her she's not crazy, which was crazy to hear. (laughs) Um, That was that date. And then the next date was a group date with everyone except for Rachel and Kit because Kit got the next one on one. Um, It was super uncomfortable. They're at this farm dealing with like manure. I don't even know. But what was interesting was they started to show MJ acting like a crazy person. Now that Anna and Victoria are gone, MJ's 
pettiness, cattiness, high school mean girl behavior starts to show a little bit more. I feel like we've seen a little bit every episode, but this past week we saw a lot of it. During that group date, Piper was during like talking to the camera for her confessional and Matt just totally came up and made out with her like intensely and passionately. And I was very shook by this. It was everything, but I didn't see it coming. I, I We barely see them talk together. She's just so pretty though, Piper. Then later on the group date, when they had like their night portion, he pulled Chelsea first and I feel like we've literally like hardly seen them together. She was so, so uncomfortable and awkward, but in like a cute way. They would have some killer kids with long ass model legs. <laughs> um, then Abigail pulls him aside to talk to him. She's just like the best. She's so cute and real, you know, she's so authentic. And she tells him basically there's a possibility that their kids could be deaf like her and her dad like left her mom when he found out they were blind sorry they were deaf which is just so fucked up on so many levels but she tells Matt this and the way that Matt responds to all the girls when they talk about their issues is just so amazing he's genuinely listening and he's so caring and well-spoken when he responds like what can I do and reassures them and you can just tell that his mom did an incredible job raising him and he is an amazing man that's all I have to say on that Abigail got the group date rose and then we see MJ and Matt together he pulls her aside feel like we've literally never seen them interact before this episode and he basically addresses what was going on with her and that there were some rumors about her being like a mean girl in the house and first of all like she didn't deny it which is the first problem and then she comes out and like goes to battle with Jasenia. she was just saying like what happened on her during her and Matt's conversation and she kept saying I lead by example uh what you're literally not a leader I'm not sure why you use that phrase like four or five times if anything you're leading to destruction and Jasenia was right. She made it uncomfortable for the new girls. She coined the phrase JV versus varsity. And we've seen snippets of her being a mean girl. Like I said, she totally brushed Sarah off and was extremely rude to her when Sarah just needed to talk to someone. She did coin that phrase. She was mean to the new girls. And I don't know. I feel like now we're just seeing a different side of her. Then we have Kit's one-on-one date, which was so cute and it was honestly not shown for that long at all. I feel like we saw five minutes of this date compared to all the other ones. She kind of got gypped. Um, They like cooked in his kitchen. She got to go over to his place. It was just a very down-to-earth, sweet date and she really, really grew on me a lot this episode and especially during this date. I think that she's such a cool, cute girl. The way that she looked when she when he answered the door and she was standing there like oh my god I would love to just look like that when someone answered the door and I was standing there because I can't imagine and I think that they are really cute together but they will never end up together she's too young I don't see them together I feel like they're kind of friends and they're gonna hang out in New York when this is all over you know then we find out that MJ and Jasenia are going on a two-on-one date next week, which is just wild, honestly. My friend Ashley reminded me of this, and I could not agree more. Like, 
Who would have thought that MJ would be the villain on this season's two-on-one? I would have bet all my money it was going to be Victoria. Like, come on, of course, that's the obvious choice here. Both of them, again, looked so incredible. I've never seen Jasenia or MJ look that good. Obviously, one of them's going home. Furthering my theory, the best you ever look is when you go home. So, I don't know, just funny to keep in mind. I mean, obviously, MJ has to go home, right? Like, she literally has to go home. I wish that when Matt walked in, he just eavesdropped on them and everything they said because it was crazy. And I loved Jasenia looking at the camera when she knew that MJ was being crazy. I really, really cannot deal with the cattiness anymore. Like, these girls are the cattiest group of women that we've had in a very long time and it's making it very hard to watch the show like I have no patience for this high school mean girl bully behavior this is not why I watch the show and I don't want to watch it so someone please tell ABC to cut the shit okay whatever that was everything for this week thank you guys so so much for listening if you made it this far I hope you did but please please subscribe please give the podcast a five-star rating and tell all of your friends to listen it honestly makes such a difference to me and the support means so much you can listen anywhere that you listen to podcasts and you can follow the podcast on at that's the t underscore podcast on instagram and at that's the t underscore pod on twitter that was all the tea for this week i'll talk to you guys next thursday bye